Hey, Des. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. All right. You're the only child, right? I have a younger sister. Word? We were gone when she was there. Uh, dang, I feel old now. I have a younger sister. She's 21. What'd you say? You said 20 which year? She's 21. She'll be 22 in August. Oh, she finished in the fall? Mm -mm. She, um, she came back home. Oh. She didn't finish. To the D? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Where's um Jock and Mount? Um, Jock is still in. Yep. He been he been there. Uh, got his roots, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, Mount is still where is Mount and Maryland? Yep. Yeah. I was starting to look at jobs out there, but that cost of living is, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, my sister lives in D.C. I'm happy as heck. She's been home since, like, Friday, so. It's always good to have big sis home. Where's the baby? The baby is with his mom. I think he finally went to sleep. Oh, okay. He's a trip. There's <laughs> something else, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I saw you um said something about your crush. He's a trip. We just go ahead and shoot your shot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, see, technically. Not really a crush. We're friends, but we're friends, you know. So I just leave it. And then, you know, he put the icing on the cake with the, my dogs. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, that's that's kind of clear cut and dry, huh? It's cool, you know. That's cool. You can't. Hear, can you hear my background for real? Yes. Oh. Um. I wish I had a door. Let me see if these headphones will help at all. Um, let me see. And we could probably start here in a few minutes. Log in on Zoom. All right, is that better? Yes. Oh, cool. Cool. Where you get that jacket from? So this is a whole jumpsuit, but I got yeah. it from actually I got it at Magic City Classic. It mm. was a vendor. Um, I can't remember. It's like my, I love my vintage ways or something like that, and I needed something. I was shooting something for I Am Greater Than actually, and um, I saw her out there and I bought it. But it's it's a whole jumpsuit. My mama added some stuff to it, like you know, patches and stuff, and it's both. She got the actual sewing machine, or 
So, no, I think she just, I don't know what she did. Actually, she's very creative, so I don't know. But the patches, I think she just um, used the iron for that one. But they all love Mm. it. I be forgetting about the iron. There's so many ways, you know, you can just do arts and crafts, I guess. Yep, so she, um, you know, she's been doing the masks for... um, for COVID, she's been hand making them and stuff, and she got a cricket machine, and so she found all kind of ways to do arts and crafts. Super busy. That's dope. That's super dope. Hey, hey, Miss Lynette, good to see you. What's going on, Santana? There's people in the uh, on Facebook. It'd be tough trying to manage both these pages, but it's cool. It ain't super tough. Hi, Raven. How do you uh how do you know Raven? I don't think I know Raven. Not by name at least. That's my best friend. Oh word. Yeah. <laughs> well look at the support there. Hey. <laughs> Howdy. Yep. It's my best friend. I don't know. I always post pictures with her when we did the the pink and the yellow suits. That was cool. That's cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Raven. Thanks for joining, Alan. No problem. Hello to our Facebook family. Um, let me see. Oh yeah, I can share my screen. I think I can just share one thing too. I'm almost getting good at this. <laughs> <laughs> almost. They give me a second here and I'm gonna be a cold, cold brother. I didn't even know you can integrate it with um, Facebook. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, they sign out. So I can hit play. Boom. Okay. <laughs> And why we got that white box over there? So money. All right, cool. Okay. Um. And then, oh yeah, got to dabble back. That'll work. That'll work. That's what the phone is for. I was trying to think where the questions was gonna be, and I'm like, all right, technology. I tell you. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us tonight for tonight's conversation. Um, Purpose Driven Focus with Miss Destiny Bray. Um, if you haven't already, this is presented by Free Hype. My name is Sean Freeman, um, your host of the most. You can follow us um, at Free Hype on Instagram, uh, at Free Hype underscore on Twitter, and at Free Hype on Facebook. Uh, so like us, follow us, uh, like our posts. We always share some cool stuff, and be sure to tap in. At the end of the presentation, um, it'll ask you to go to our YouTube page, which is also um, at Free Hype. That is where all of our previous workshops and where this workshop will be um, uploaded. So if you have to jump off at any time or um, any interruptions, you'll still be able to catch the full thing there. 
So, um, just jumping into it, uh, we do have Miss Destiny Bray here, uh, hometown being Detroit, Michigan, uh, alumnus of Alabama State University. Um, and where are you currently in school at? Getting your MBA? I saw the pictures; they look great. Thank you, Florida Institute of Technology. Oh, that's how you. That's dope. That's dope. Um, and you are getting your master's in project management? I am. Cool. Cool. Super cool. Um, so areas of focus being project management um, as well as mental health advocacy. Um, let me see. How do I? Dang, where'd my mouth go? Now that is interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to think who is that? Oh, okay, cool. Um, yep. So Instagram, you can follow Destiny here at uh, uh, okay, there we go. You can follow Destiny on Instagram at Chasing Destiny, um, on Facebook at Destiny Bray or Destiny Des Sierra, right? Yeah, Destiny. It too. <laughs> uh, well, I think you might pop up still with them algorithms. You never know. Um, and then uh, Twitter being at Chasing Destiny. And uh, you can email her at info at IamGreaterThan.org. Um, so, Destiny, if you would, just kind of like to tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your background and kind of how you got here. Okay. So my name is Destiny Bray. I obviously am from Detroit. I currently reside in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, I met Sean at ASU, um, both business majors, friends for probably like eight or nine years now. It's been a while. Um, but currently I work for the Air Force. I am an IT project manager as well as an acquisition program manager. Um, and so I have learned to plan manage, um, just execute projects from my job. Um, and as far as I am greater than in 2016, I was diagnosed with as being depressed, clinically depressed. Um, I also suffered from anxiety. Um, and so I went to therapy in 2016 and decided to share my story on Facebook. And after sharing my story on Facebook, it became something, a conversation piece with my friends. And one of my friends actually told me to have an event and with my project management skills from work and, you know, just my own story, I was able to plan the first event. It went well and it's just been growing from there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's deep um, and love that you was able to turn you know, uh, what turns a lot of people, you know, just all the way kind of takes them down. You are able to really tap into that, lean into that and um, turn it into something uh, great, you know, and creating a safe space for others. Mm -hmm. um, I think that kind of leads us into our next question with, you know, where did your passion for creating a safe space for others come from? Um, was it something like before you knew um, or before 2016, had you had these thoughts of creating that 
space um, where you're a part of any spaces, maybe where you were able to share your story or what you were going through? So actually, I remember I was like 14 and I don't even know how I learned about like transitional housing, but I vividly remember at 14 wanting to one day open what's called transitional housing. And so basically it is a community for abused, homeless, orphans, um, people who have mental health issues. They come into this community and you rehabilitate them. And then, you know, then they're able to go back out into the world. So I really, I, I honestly don't even know how I found out about transitional housing, but that's something that I carried with me. But um, in 2016, when I was going through my own thing, nobody could label what was going on. I went to the hospital, like I was in the emergency room, I was in um, dermatologist's office, I was in uh, primary care physician, like, everywhere all, all time yeah. trying to figure out what was on, wrong like I had a a big patch on my face it was like a rash nobody could figure out what was wrong I was losing like 12 pounds I lost 12 pounds in a month didn't want to eat would just go home you know would not want to do anything and so um I finally had like a mental breakdown and I just cried and cried and cried and cried for like six hours probably three straight through with my parents on the phone. And so my mom told me to go to therapy. And so when I went to therapy, that became my safe space because somebody could label my emotions. Somebody could label, like I would tell her a story and she could just make it make sense to me. And so for me, she was my safe space. And so when I was able to label my emotions, I could begin to identify things that other people were dealing with or you know just pick up on signs and so people would talk to me and um and they're talking to me i would just ask guided questions and just kind of walk them through a situation or a scenario and then they'll be like oh yeah that makes sense and so in doing that people will come back to me like months later or weeks later and just be like thank you you know like i trust you i trusted you with this and you helped me through and i guess just over the years so many people have trusted me with so many things and you know I don't share what people tell me but they trusted me with so many things that it just kind of made sense you know mm -hmm. the transition of housing and um you know wanting to to create a community for people to become well and become whole and then me sharing my story and people telling me their story in turn and just kind of helping people through their situations because I've been through it um it just began to make sense. And I have built relationships with people on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, never met them in my life, never spoken with them, but I know their stories. Um, and I simply think it's just because I've been through what I've been through and I've been able to share my story and share, you know, my growing pains and what, what it looked like for me. So they feel comfortable talking to me, even if they don't go to therapy. Um, yeah. Just a culmination of things, honestly. Uh, that's huge that's huge and with that um like was it what do you think was the main kind of source for that breakdown was it like um finding your purpose at, at any point or maybe like you know lack of having a purpose so honestly the what did it for me if we're being honest was I was in a relationship and um, 
my depression was sparked from I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so they put me on birth control and I was on the depot shot and the depot shot can mess with your digestive system. Mm. So, and mess with my digestive system, it was beginning to shut down my liver. It was, my spleen was a mess and my small intestine was a mess. And so in turn, because my body wasn't able to get rid of toxins, it was trying to come out in my face. It was just kind of my cognitive whole thing. It was just, it was a mess. Um, and so internally I was going through that, but then, you know, externally I was in a relationship that wasn't the healthiest, um, a little bit of gaslighting and, you know, just, it, it was an unhealthy relationship. And so that, that six hour breakdown, I used to have to fall asleep on the phone with my boyfriend if we weren't together. Like that's the Mm. only, that's the only thing that will calm my anxiety. Mm. And so this one particular night, he did not answer the phone. And I blew his phone up. He didn't answer. And so I just, I lost it. And so I had to call my parents. And so um, that was the only thing, like literally falling asleep on the phone with them was the only thing um, that called me that night. But the the unhealthy relationship was kind of what took me through. And so I have a journal. I have plenty of journals. My friends always buy me journals. But I was out journaling. Me and my ex had finally broken up. And I was out journaling and I was just writing like I normally do. And I specifically wrote, I am greater than, and then I wrote, I am greater than heartbreak and depression and blah, blah, blah. blah. I just listed all these things. And then it was like a light bulb came on. I was like, I don't know what you're going to be. You could be a blog, you could be YouTube channel. You could be like, you know, just a poem. I don't know what this is going to be, but it's going to be something. And I, you know, put my prayer, Lord, I give this back to you. I'll let you have it, whatever you have it to be, then it shall be. And it went from there. But it came from a breakup. Yeah. Relationship. Yep. Relationships, I tell you. Yep. Man, that's that's deep. Um, so okay, you're journaling, you wrote out, um, you kind of found the words for it, you found the label. What was the next steps to, you know, bring that to fruition with your first event? Ooh, really just trying to figure out what it was going to be. I, I honestly believe, um, like I have a friend, Brittany George, who consistently pushes me and, and my other friend, Raven, to just do stuff. She's very... She's very, like, very pivotal in our success, I will say that. And so she just kept pushing me and pushing me. And she was like, I think you should have an event. I think you should have an event. And I'm like, um, I don't even know where to start with that. But she brought it up. I wrote it down. Um, and so in me writing it down, I'm like, I don't even know what it's going to look like. But I wrote the title. I wrote Women's Freedom Event. And um, it just kind of went from there. So like the first step was me writing down the title, which was Women's Freedom Event. But I had to figure out like what specific topics I could speak to, what specific topics were personal for me that I could actually relate to. And so I wrote down depression, anxiety, sexual abuse or abuse, sexuality um, and toxic relationships and um, and self-esteem. So I had struggled with all of those things over the course of my, what, 24 years at the time. And so I knew I didn't want to talk about myself the whole time. So I just kind of went through the list of people that I knew 
and wrote their names. I hadn't talked to them. Everything I do, it happens because I write it down first. But I, I went through each topic and I was like, who can I put here? Who can I put here? It was people I had never, you know, had a real relationship with, but I knew their stories just from social media or um, just from hearing them talk at events or other places. And so I wrote their name next to it and I just eventually reached out to them. And one of the people um, being Tia, Tia McKinney. And so she was major um, in the planning as well, but just writing it down, reaching out to the people. I took every single speaker that was local. Um, I took them out to eat. I explained what I was thinking. They gave me some feedback. I was on social. I literally used to ask questions on Facebook every day. I used to do a question mm -hmm. of the day. People would respond. I would ask stuff on Instagram, do polls, do the, um, and people would interact. I was just gathering data, figuring out what people liked, what they didn't like. Um, and I don't think people really knew what I was doing, but I was definitely doing the marketing um, over the course of probably like a year, just wow. having conversations with people. It would be questions like, um, if I created this, you know, how would you want it to look? Or as a woman, what do you think about these things? And they would give me all these things. And I just kind of gathered all that data and it went into the development of that. But as far as like, um, um, getting the speakers, really just reaching out to people that I knew. It wasn't anyone that I didn't know except like the, some of the therapists um, because the people that I reached out to that I knew that weren't available. But um, yeah, just writing it down and reaching out to the people that I knew and trying to figure out how I can create a space for women to feel comfortable um, and for women to know that, you know, you're not the only one. Because a lot of us feel like we go through things and nobody will understand we're taught to keep what happens to us to ourselves. You know, what happens in this house stays in this house or um, don't tell nobody your business but Jesus. You know, situations like mm -hmm. that. I felt like more people needed to know that there was somebody else that had experienced what they experienced um, because otherwise we're going to carry around so many things for the rest of our lives and not know that you needed to get that out because if you don't get that out, you're going to keep yourself from something. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to allow yourself to get something that you're supposed to have. So I wanted people to be, or women to be in a room full of other women who have similar stories or different stories, but have a story um, and know that like, you know, there's community, there's somebody who can help you or somebody who will listen or, you know, you're not alone, basically. Yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. So Okay, it sounds like you made it intentional, of course, by like um, catering to only to women, because that does off that kind of create a safe space. I even think of, you know, like barbershops and salons, they say are kind of like therapy, because, you know, it's like usually only one gender there or the dominant gender there, you know, one way or the other, and kind of able to all share, you know, the same experiences. Did you like charge? What were kind of, you know, some of your thoughts as far as what that looked like from that so, point? I did not, I have not, I've had two events. Um, I had one for men and one for women and I did not charge for either of them. Um, so I did not want to charge because I did not want that to be a deterrence for why somebody couldn't come. Wow. I wanted to take away all kind of excuses. I wanted to take away all kind of barriers. I wanted to take away all kind of like gates that would keep somebody who wanted to be there from being there. And so um, 
for the first event, like it took me a long time to actually ask people for money, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm a little prideful, but aside from being prideful, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want people to feel like, why is she asking me for money? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is she doing with this? Cause I didn't have anything in the beginning. I just had an idea. I just had something right. I wanted to do. Um, and so I had to figure out how to frame it for people to believe in what I was trying to do. And I think like the first day I raised like $700 just by asking. And wow. so, um, quick question. Was mm-hmm. that through like, uh, PayPal, Facebook, go for me. It was through wow. go for me. Yep. Right. And I just posted it to Facebook. I posted it to Instagram. I don't think I posted it to Twitter, but I, I posted it and I got $700 in a day. And then I was like, like, oh, wow, this is easy. Like, you know, um, and then for the men's event, when I came back the second time, I still had some money left over from the first event. But I was also like, I would throw my own money into it because I, I keep that mm-hmm. money. I throw my own money into it. Um, but I decided that for the men's event, I didn't want to charge either specifically because I wanted to take away everything, every kind of excuse that men would have, like, no, you just come, you just get here. But I actually did like a virtual fun- fundraiser where small businesses or, um, some of my friends will like donate services and products. And so if you wanted to um, build on bid on something, you can be at like a dollar or five dollars. I can't remember. It would range based on what the product or the service was. And then I would do a spinner every day and somebody would win. And so then they would get that product or their service. But through that, I think I raised like the second time I raised like four thousand dollars. And so um, it just, you know, it's just being able to articulate what it is you're trying to do it opened so many doors for me for people to to just give and help make it happen. But yeah, I, I decided not to charge. I decided to, um, I allowed small businesses to come. Um, I think for the men, I don't think I charged the vendor tables, but for the women, I think I charged like $25 or something. Um, kept it simple and people were donating things. So, you know, I, I just wanted people to be there. And so moving yeah. forward, I'll probably, for the next few, I will probably not charge. Um, but as they get bigger, it might require a little, a little fee. <laughs> yeah, a little convenience fee, service fee. Now that's huge, man. That's that's super huge. And the fact that um, fundraising is a super huge needed, especially in nonprofit uh, world. That's a needed skill. So the fact that you kind of able to do that not kind of the fact that you were able to do that and establish those relationships you know just throughout the years that speaks to a lot for sure um and we did get a chance to wrap uh a little bit about you know kind of creation of this and one of the questions that was on the agenda was you know who was on your team and you was like uh me <laughs> so it's like how man how are you you know yeah, what is that like? How is it? Do you put together temporary teams? Is it, or is it just mainly like, yo, I have it, that project management skills on steroids? You know, I know how to put it together. So, 
I have had people assist me. Like my friends, they will, if I ask them to do something, they'll do it. So my best friend, Kasani, um, this last time, she drafted up like some templates for me and sent out some emails and was managing some conversations for me. Um, but most of it, like planning the agenda, getting the, communicating with the speakers, creating the agenda. Um, did I already say that? getting the ven venue, raising the money, laying out what the event venue is going to look like, sending out the, um, the information, the graphics. Now I don't do the graphics. I pay for those only because okay. graphic design now, but I pay for that. But like the social media, I create everything that's on the, I am greater than page. I designed, um, and it's, you know, I am a one woman shop. Like, yeah. you know, um, I am really, really, really looking for a team. Like I want a social media manager. I want um, kind of like an intern. So whenever I do my next event, which was supposed to happen in May, but whenever I do my next event, I do plan on hiring an intern because it was a lot. Like when I was doing this, I was in school, working, and trying to plan these events all at the same time. So it's a lot. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. It's that'd be nice, right? Help is always always needed. And then it's like you can get so used to just doing it yourself that like, you know, handing it off to someone else can be kinda because huh. you know you want it such a such a particular way done and maybe a certain time span yep yeah that's huge that's huge um so you know in this what has been what have you found like as your biggest challenge uh in creating these safe spaces mm, the biggest challenge i think the biggest challenge for me has been the fact that um I'm not a professional. Mm. And so I have to be careful with the advice that I give. I have to be careful with the things that I say. I have to be careful with the things that I post because I don't ever want to be mistaken for a professional. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a um, licensed counselor or anything like that. And so I don't want people to take my word as fact. Like if you go look in the, uh, you know, go do some research, you know, I just, I give my advice from my experiences. I do research myself, um, but I just, I know that I have to be careful because, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not licensed. I'm just, I'm yeah. experienced and I would like to say wisdom and discernment. Before I give advice, I do pray because I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. But um, I would, yeah, I would just say not being a professional. One thing that I was trying to do was become mental health um, first aid certified, which is a, it's a, it's like a course and it helps you better identify signs and symptoms and, you know, help you label things a little bit better. But the courses are geared towards pastors and like first responders. And it's just trying to find the course that I can sign up for, um, has been a little interesting. Um, but also I think another challenge for me is I want, I want men, I want men to feel as safe as women. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little difficult. It's a little difficult combating like toxic masculinity and combating the you got to be strong and um, combating the got to be guarded and men don't cry. And so a challenge for me has been um, kind of trying to break those walls down with men um, and getting to the bottom of what they're dealing with to get them to open up. So um, at the men's event, I think it was like two hours in before they, well, maybe like an hour in before they started to kind of like open up and um, share their their stories. But it took a while because they needed to feel comfortable. They needed to feel that other people could relate. Other men were going through the same thing. And then they just kind of, it was like word vomit. But, you know, I, I think... Um, I would say getting men to trust has been a challenge um, and trying to make sure people don't take my word as bond as I'm yeah. not a licensed person. Um, so, yeah. Man, that's for real. That's for real. And, hmm. Hmm. and with men, you know, it can be real tough because I feel like the way society kind of is set up of course you know it's kind of set up for us to you know have a lot of layers before we can just kind of say what's going on if we're not but i think um to your point the space that you're creating is for us to possibly be able to like you know uh find the words you know to be able to say it like within that first hour as opposed to having to wait you know two hours to finally get to the nitty-gritty. Because I think that's really what it is. It's kind of like trying to find the, the verbiage, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why, and I think it was 2018, at the end of 2018, I created a workbook. Um, it was called An Emotion Workbook, I believe was the name of it. And so I went through the alphabet and I laid out all of these adjectives. Um, and, you know, they were just words to express how you would feel and so in each month you can go through and label the feelings that you felt that month and then you would rate the month and you'll um, list your wins your losses and your lessons and then at the end you did a big wrap-up of the year and um just something like that will allow people to see oh maybe my year wasn't as bad as I thought or you know maybe I achieved a little bit more than I thought or yeah I lost these things but it you know in the grand scheme of things, like it wasn't that bad. So just being able to articulate and label things outside of good, bad, sad, happy, you know, maybe I'm a little frustrated or I'm disappointed or, um, you know, I'm feeling lost. Just, just being able to better articulate how you feel can change your whole perspective about life in general or being able to, to vocalize how something affected you, whether it was just a bad day or like a really bad life occurrence that increases your self-awareness and in turn that'll just change how you view life change how you interact with people change how you um move forward so yes labeling is very important like i don't think a lot of people really understand that emotions go deeper than i'm just sad i'm happy i'm i'm good i'm feeling good or i'm feeling bad it goes way deeper and once you get to the real root of why you feel a certain way 
then you can kind of handle it accordingly. And then life gets easier, it gets a little bit better, but self-awareness is key and labeling is is major in self-awareness. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. For sure. I think I had a huge case of like FOMO and mm-hmm. didn't know, you know, what it was. But like just hearing it, like hearing the label does allow you like, okay, cool. Like I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Because you can definitely begin to, it's, and it's so funny because it's like we know there's so many people on the earth, you know, so many people in the state that we live in, cities we, we reside in. But it's still like, you know, this unique human experience that makes us feel like nobody else can understand what I'm going through. <laughs> and it's like, I often try and catch myself when I like get to that point. Like, nah, somebody, you know, uh, I'm not alone in this, you know, for right. sure. And in doing some research, you will, you know, some research on yourself, you usually will find that answer for sure. Definitely. For sure. Um, how has COVID um, and the times that we in now, how has that had an impact on um, maybe your personal career or, you know, um, I am greater than? So I'll speak to both. Um, I was supposed to have a co-ed event in May. So this was like the event that everybody was asking me for um, yeah. because people wanted to hear both sides. Um, specifically women wanted to hear what men deal with and you know how to better understand men Um, and so I was a little disappointed that we had to cancel that event because it was going to be really really nice like it was set up to have three different chapters um, covering um, like learning yourself learning uh, your love language and then now that you know yourself and you know your love language how can you better, how can you have better relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this one part specifically in there where you first get there, you have to write a letter to the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the end, then the a woman will read a letter written by a man and, you know, vice versa. And so you would just get to see the the way that they wrote it in the beginning and then just kind of talking through the letters and see if anything's changed or over the course of the few hours, you know, what did you learn about the opposite person opposed to what you wrote in your letter? Um, so it was, you know, I was really excited for that event because it was going to allow both men and women to see the other side. Um, just kind of dispel some myths, you know, she's crazy. Um, he doesn't care. Um, she's a gold digger, he's broke, you know, just, just have those conversations and get to the root of why we even throw those things around, especially that she's crazy and that he doesn't care. Because a lot of the times, you know, women, women exude some crazy, you know, (laughs) but at the root, they just don't know how to properly articulate what they're feeling or people's defense mechanisms are, oftentimes something that you don't even understand like you'd be like why does she do that but if she explained her life or her past or you know then you better understand it as far as men that he doesn't care a lot of men don't know how to show empathy they don't know how to properly listen or they are listening but their body language makes you think like it's it's really deep and so I was really looking forward to that event so you know because I am so needed 
I, I, really, I really wanted to have those conversations. Um, so those that event is on pause. Um, I'm not really sure when we're going to pick that back up, but COVID, you know, kind of killed that one for me. And, you know, as far as professionally, I have been working from home for three months now. Um, and so at work, I have been overwhelmed doing probably like four jobs as one person. Um, and so I find myself working extra hours. Like these last two weeks, I've been working like 12 hours a day just because yeah. I'm trying to award a contract and I'm trying to get software out the door. And now I'm a supervisor, so I got to, you know, plan for that. So it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Um, and so like in the first two weeks, I was, I, I think I had kind of slipped into a depressive episode because my routine was broken. Mm. You know, used to getting up at six o'clock, be at work at a certain time. And I know when I'm at work, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then I come home and I can relax. But right. everything in the same space, it drove me yeah. crazy. You know, I, I couldn't figure out, like, couldn't figure out how to separate the different parts of my life. I couldn't figure out when it's work, it's work. When it's time to get off work, close your computer and leave it alone. So it took me a while to realize, like, oh, you're slipping into, you know, a depressive episode because your brain, my brain was so out of whack. I couldn't. I really couldn't function. And so once I figured that out, then I started telling people like, you know, or really asking people like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And yeah. then I'd be like, oh, it's probably because your routine. So just having to reestablish um, a new routine, um, it, that was major. Cause at first I'm like, I, like, I can't do this. And then I'm, I'm at home by myself. So I'm not really talking yeah. to anybody. Um, yeah, it was it was a while. That at home by yourself, like really, yeah, that turned your mental in a whole different way. I promise. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and then, you know, people. I've heard stories of people who live alone, kind of losing it or slipping into something because if you don't have that social interaction, or you know, you go to work and you can talk to people and you come home and then you're all right you know I'm an introvert so I go to work I get it out then I come home and I'm draining I'm just ready to relax but I didn't have the space to go out and get anything out you know I'm just it's just me like I haven't had any kind of interaction and for a lot of people who are extroverts I don't even know what that felt like for them you know people who need people who feed them you know other people feeds them energy so yeah. I, I don't know what that looked like for them, but COVID definitely it took it, it 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 took a toll on me for like the first two or three weeks, honestly. Yeah, a lot of phone calls for me. I think I turned into I don't know which one I am. I can't figure it out right now. I'm usually would consider myself an extrovert. I think the older I get, I'm kind of valuing that um, a long time a lot more. But mm -hmm. yeah, I feel you. I feel you, and it's like, man, yeah, it could wear on you for sure, but glad that things are opening up. I hope, you know, it stays balanced um, as far as, like, in each state, and uh, yeah, yeah, just be stay, stay safe and healthy out there, you know, whatever we do. Um, 
in closing, I just like to um, extend the floor to anyone. If you guys do have any questions, um, please drop them in the chat. I will jump on to Facebook here to see um, if we have any questions on there. Um, as Ms. Destiny, uh, just want to ask, you know, for any three takeaways that um, any type of resource, website, or workshop that others can benefit from. Um, and, yep, yep, as far as, like, you know, regarding the finding their purpose, maybe finding their thing or their it. Mm, a website for finding your thing. So I don't, I don't really have any literal resources. Um, I, I have, I have some things that you can listen to that can kind of motivate you. But as far as like finding your purpose, I have something else I'll say about that. But the things that I listen to that motivate me and encourage me are I listen to quote of the day, which is a podcast on, um, I think it's on Spotify. I know it's on Apple Music or not Apple Music. It's on um, the iPhone. Yep. Yeah, that. Um, I also listen to The Secrets to Success with E.T. and his team. Um, very motivational for me. Um, and then I watched videos on YouTube from someone called Marianne Williamson. She was actually a presidential candidate early, early, early. Um, and Is that the author? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. She she was solid. Oh, I was kind of rooting for her. She is. She she focuses a lot on um, A Course in Miracles, which is a really great book that helps you just kind of better understand life, better understand how spirit and self kind of coincide. It's really it's it's a good book if you're looking to understand yourself spiritually. So I watch some of her videos, and then I also listen to Dr. Karen Long Leaf. Um, she is a doctor who focuses on the brain, um, cognitive, um, behavior, but she ties it into the Bible. So she, you know, she'll talk about how, if you read something in the Bible or just the way the spirit and the mind work, I'm really into brains and people and observing and learning and all of that stuff. So I listen to people who, who study that. Um, but as far as, my personal takeaway with um with finding your purpose i want people to understand and this is from my personal experience you know if you ask everybody what they think their purpose is in life i am 100 percent sure people are going to say my purpose is to help other people yeah. and so i believe people say that because we are all put here to serve each other, right? And so, and knowing that we're all put here to serve each other, we all have different different gifts, different talents. Um, we're all put here to do something specific, but, and being here to, you know, do something specific, I think people take that as, I have a laser focus, I'm only here to do one thing. And so a lot of people spend their lives looking for one purpose, you know, looking for one thing, but we're all seasonal. Everything in life is seasonal. Relationship, jobs, locations. Um, and if you are a person who is interested or who is invested in growth 
and invested in um, evolving, then your purpose is also going to evolve. It's going to change. What I'm here to do right now as a 26-year-old may be different than what I'm here to do as a 30-year-old. And so, you know, I just, I watch people grow old talking, you know, talking about looking for their purpose. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? Well, maybe you've missed your purpose because you're looking for one specific thing. When in actual actuality, if you just sat back and thought about the things that you enjoy, maybe that was your purpose for that season. Um, and so, you know, I read a lot of things where it talks about finding your purpose or whatever, but a lot of people know exactly what it is. We just overlook it because we think it's so simple. Like, oh, that can't be it. That's it's not my purpose. Like, it doesn't make sense, but it could very well be the thing that you're meant to do in that season, you know? And if we, if we looked at our purpose as being a daily thing, um, an hourly thing, then we would probably be a little bit more satisfied, a little bit more fulfilled because what I'm here to do in this moment may be totally different than what I'm here to do tomorrow. But if I fulfill my purpose for today, then I did what I was supposed to do. So I just want people to, to understand that from my perspective and in my understanding of life, you know, we're all put here to help others, to serve others. But in that moment, what is your purpose? And if we took it minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, we'd be a lot more fulfilled in life. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you do find that purpose, um, yeah, it's like finding the overall purpose, you know, and that helps fulfill mm -hmm. each other, maybe smaller purposes. Mm -hmm. It's dope. It's dope. Definitely appreciate that. That's um, we do have a question here. We do have a couple comments. Um, Ebony Durham, shout out to you. Um, Gregory Cole, what's up, Greg? And then we have Zia and Kelsey and a couple others uh, watching on, yeah, watching on um, Facebook. But um, we do have a question here from Kayla Alexander. She says, uh, when you notice that you, or she asked rather, when you notice that you were falling into a depression during COVID-19, did you stop any of your habits that got you to where you are at? Um, like, did you stop reading or listening uh, your vision in the morning or stop being as grateful for the small things around you? So what I noticed was my body, um, does this thing so if I start feeling dehydrated I know and I was feeling dehydrated I was feeling fatigued um but I did stop I have not really written in my journal since the beginning of COVID like I would normally do um and so I also realized that my creativity was gone like I would normally be able to when I was, I was still kind of planning for um the event trying to write things out and but nothing was coming. Like it was, it was like a blank for a long time. I haven't even written a blog, but my, um, my body, my body is usually what lets me know because I pay attention to my body. Um, and I just remember what it felt like when I was depressed, what it would, my body would do just feeling super fatigued, super empty, super just, you know, apathetic. Um, but yeah, I did stop journaling and my creativity just kind of vanished. Yeah. So definitely, um, make sure that you're paying attention to your habits. 
and the body, how it feels. Um, great question, Kayla. Thank you for that. Um, I do, let's see. Oh. Yeah. So definitely, um, thanks again, uh, Sierra. You can contact Sierra and double back again at any um, of the social handles below, or you can email her at info at IamGreaterThan.org. Um, next week, uh, we will have Mr. Mark DeGraw, uh, CPA entrepreneur, um, talking about his journey from being an accountant to now running and owning his own business. Uh, once again, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch this workshop and any others um, that you may have missed and all be listed there um, on our channel. So thanks again, Des. Um, super appreciate it. Do have uh, a donation coming to you that will hopefully be sent uh, from Malcolm sometime tonight or tomorrow. Um, but just from our uh, previous event with Carson Bird, but just want to thank you again. You're doing, you know, amazing things, super inspirational to, you know, myself and many others. So thank, thank you for that. Thank you. For sure. For sure. Well, thanks everyone for joining and watching. Have a great night. Bye. See ya. <laughs>